Welcome to RCS. As always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. We're broadcasting live at the Mount Sai Pub. It's going to be snowed in if we're here too long. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah, somehow we ended up at a tavern, the tavern, again. Do you know how people have called me and been like, where, are you, where did you find a bar that's open? I said, I didn't say it was open. Yeah. So we're, we're having business meetings here on Mondays. Yep. Yeah. Normally we would be at Driver's Club when they open back up. I'm sure we'll be back there. But uh, we're brought to you by Haggerty, Avance, Carter Subaru, Rainier Beer, and of course, America's Automotive Trust, our in-kind sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. How was your weekend? Pretty good. Busy? Yeah. <laughs> Finished my on-call. I'm pretty much off until the third, so no more week, no more work until after the new year. And now you jinxed it. Yeah, right? <laughs> now the world's going to break. Probably. It did so. that. It tried to do that over the weekend a few times. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. we uh, we started uh, Proctor, Project Raptor. <laughs> Proctor Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Project Raptor. Yes. Is that what we're calling? I don't know. Sure. Right, right. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the R in RCS now stands for Raptor. <laughs> yeah. We got your what? What? What are you gonna? I put call? a Retrax bed cover on. Yeah, that. Which now that we've done it, would probably be super easy. Their instructions were absolutely terrible. The product's great, but, but uh, and to be fair, if you follow the directions, it points you in the general direction of where you're supposed to go. General direction. Yeah. Yeah. But once now that it's on, I'm really glad I did it because it's raining sideways and flooding everywhere and snowing and which is, I bought it because I'm tired of getting all the gear wet and leaving it in the cab. Well, so. we haven't found a friend lucky enough to lock him in the back yet to see if yet. it's leaking. So, hey, Carl, what are you doing later? <laughs> Nothing. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad to get that done. And now it's on to the big stuff. Uh, probably, hopefully, we can get it done soon. After, maybe after I get back, though, will be the big winch and bumper takeoff and front mount intercooler lights. I mean, the way we do things three or four times, that's going to take us a whole weekend. <laughs> so you're not wrong. But we did find out it fits in the garage. It really barely. <laughs> well, I mean, we had to move some things, but yeah, it's uh, who knew. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I just kept telling you back up eventually. I figured the truck would make a bigger hole than the would make a hole in the truck, so it'd be fine. Yeah, that's true. You're welcome. Yeah, so I'm excited to uh, get that thing up in the mountain and use that winch, though. You got to get it in there first. Yeah, and I was, was I was saying it's a really nice winch. It's sad that you, nobody will see it. I know. I got like the top of the line worn because yeah. it's the only one that fits, and uh, it's the only one that'll haul that truck. Yeah, yeah. so because it's a fat pig, but that's all right. Wow, that's insulting. <laughs> The truck is heavy and wide. Yeah, I actually, I actually watched, went out and watched some videos on the new TRX or whatever. That's you're right, nice interior. Yeah, super nice interior. That's gonna. I I don't know how anybody's gonna really use it off road. That's. I think there might be a, a too much power in that truck for somebody that because a normal person's gonna buy it. I was watching two Canadian guys go barreling through a field in it, <laughs> which it worked for that. But yeah, it's one of those things we like we mentioned in the last episode. There's never too much power. There's just a lack of traction. And no, I was talking about the lack of in- intellect of anybody that's going to buy it. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, I mean, so. it's, it's definitely one of those bragging rights kind of trucks to me yeah. where it's cool that it has 700-plus horsepower. I like that. I like things with a lot of power. But getting to use that power, making function out of it will be one thing because often we see a lot, we've talked about this before, using too much throttle off-road usually gets you in more trouble than using less. It's digging that instant hole, getting stuck in the snow. It's usually, I mean, most stuff we do around here is not Baja where you can really use all that power. So it's awesome when you can, but it's those – those opportunities are more rare than needing it. No, I so. think that's the new slogan for Washington. Welcome to Washington. It's not Baja. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't think it's going to stick. Okay, well, you never know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, this week's Carter Subaru Tip of the Week is kind of a an off-the-wall off the one. So one of the things I did, I was showing Nick on the way here, is I, I changed my phone, and I have this old phone. I have a Pixel 3 XL as an extra phone that I'm not using. And while most people probably go through and sell their phones, most vehicles today have a Wi-Fi hotspot built in. So I have turned that into a dedicated phone for the truck. 
it just sits on the console plugged in all the time. And because I have Wi-Fi and unlimited data in it, that will become the permanent Spotify, Gaia Maps, Google Maps, whatever playlist. I never have to add my phone to it, which gives me free reign of the phone, even though it's when it's not connected to the car. But I also have all the advantages of having a fully built-in system for navigation, things like that, with a smarter assistant than the god-awful systems that are built into every vehicle. I can't find a single system that's good in a car. But the, the phone systems are great. I, Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, they're great. And so by that, by using the advantage of having the phone built into the car all the time, and it, it's nothing special. It's an old phone that's worth virtually nothing on the open market. I have a dedicated real assistant that will actually give me real answers then. What did you say? And I have no idea what you said because, you know, Google and Siri actually work yeah. somewhat. So, Are you going to stick with your Apple phone? I don't think so. I, think I really so. hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you about the Google stuff, too. Oh, they all have their faults. I've just The list is much longer on the Apple side for me. You're starting to twitch when I say the word Apple. Yeah, I, I really yeah, okay. am. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to download a photo today, which I had to convert to use because of the pri- proprietary format that Apple uses. Now, you can change it. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that I had to do a conversion to change it to use it stock was like... Did, did Apple make you buy an app to convert it? No. Oh, that's No, nice. you can save it in JPEG or whatever their their proprietary oh, format yeah, is. Yeah. But then, you know, there's also the USB-C versus Lightning debate. Don't get me started. Anyway, but wow. if you have this extra phone that laying around and, it's a, little good, little and it's a decent phone, you can yeah. use it as a dedicated resource in your vehicle without having to pay for data because it's just using the existing Wi-Fi in the, in the vehicle. So it's a great use for an old device that really smartens your vehicle up, if you can call it that. That's one. Th- you don't have to pay for a cell phone plan for your car, right? I do actually. It's you like, do? Yeah, it's like twenty bucks a month for unlimited data. Oh, and nice. the nice thing is, is the car is AT and T, and my phone is Verizon. So chances are, between those two, I have service. Is if I'm going to have service, it's it's going to have it there between those two. I mean, T, T Mobile's fine. Don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with them. But I mean, at least if you have two, you have far better coverage than if you just had one. So. That's math. Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah right. okay, different yeah. coverage maps. Two is better than one. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Bicycles car- are better than unicycles. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that before, yeah. Well, somebody with a unicycle is going to email me and be mad now. Yeah. <laughs> Two seals are better than one. <laughs> Even a blown seal. So, yeah. <laughs> ah! Listen to our last episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. Nice stretch, Nick. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, so our guest this week... Linnea, welcome to the show. Hello. Um, speaking of bicycles, we have someone who knows a lot more about bicycles, riding them, and is a lot better at it than anybody in this room. I used to be good at it. <laughs> that was the 90s. So, yeah. There was a time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were probably better at it because the technology in the bikes wasn't so good back then. N- yeah, well, and I was big, and, and the bikes weighed a lot, and you just pointed them downhill, and it was, you know, and I was getting, <laughs> I was getting cheap parts, you know, so that was fun, but... I don't know how I lived through it. I'm going to be honest with you. There's some, there's <laughs> I some have a lot of motorcycle stories like that. I don't know yeah. how I survived. Yeah, I just, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like we were talking about coming in here. Like, I, was work, I did some work with Cannondale, and that lefty shock when it came out. Like, if you don't know what it is, basically, it's literally the left side of a shock, and there's no right side. Yeah. And it's a, it's a mind, you know what, the first time you ride it, like, this wheel's going to come off. By the way, it does come off if you're not careful. That's another story. <laughs> Maintain your products. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sorry, is it Linnea or Linnea? I'm Linnea. Linnea. Okay, I got it right. I was just making yeah, sure. Yeah, great job. There, but Linnea Rook, welcome to the show. She's an instructor at Fluid Mountain Bike School. Mm-hmm. Fluid Ride or Fluid? Yeah, it's Fluid Ride. Fluid Ride. Okay, and you're based out here in Fall City. As luck would have it, we you can actually learn to ride a mountain bike better than you already do out here. Most people could use some instruction, just like any th- other sport we come across. And we have an awesome instructor. Who has a great Instagram, by the way. Uh, so does the school with good riding tips. They have you guys have YouTube. 
And yeah, I, I saw your stuff. I had, you were recommended by a listener of ours. She said, you should get a hold of her. She's got awesome stuff. And sure enough, we checked out your Instagram and YouTube and was like, yeah, she's got some stories. Bring it on. <laughs> we just had to wait a month for her to come back from Baja. While yeah. She's fun. You were just in Baja. Uh, he was. Uh, he was. Yeah. <laughs> he I wish was. we were in yeah. Baja. <laughs> yeah. There are people that wish I was in Baja. Yeah. <laughs> Many people. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I wish I was in Baja. Yeah. A little so. warmer. Were you down there, like, training, riding, fun? So we were down there filming. We are doing episodes for our online school okay. and also for YouTube. And so we were getting some videos down there, some content. And the reason we like to film down there so much, one, it's a wonderful town, and it's uh, Toto Santos, which is about an hour north of Cabo. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. where we're filming. It's a beautiful place. So you were suffering people. the whole time then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's really hard because it gets warm in the afternoon, and you kind of have to get your ride done early. <sighs> that's tough. Yeah. So you can drinking by noon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, relaxing. Right. Well, then we have sunset shoots, too, so it's a hard life. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, that, it's, that, it's that midday recovery that's tough. Right. Right. Yeah. But what's cool about it is that the terrain here is so different from the terrain down there. So for us producing content for people around the world, we can't just show mountain bike trails that look like outside of Seattle. Right, because we have Utah and Arizona, tons mm -hmm. of mountain biking in those areas. So you're hitting all the bases with mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you can't just show skills for our terrain because we have great dirt. We've got big pack berms. And then if you're living in a place with loose rocks and chunky terrain and loose turns, flat turns, then our content doesn't work for you. So it's nice to have that variety. And they're actually really nice compliments. Places like Utah and the PNW are great compliments as well. Yeah, cool. Just make sure you watch the videos, then go ride. I tried the whole riding. It doesn't work as well. <laughs> so, yeah. So. yeah, you learn some lessons. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Quickly. It's hard to find a phone mount, too. <laughs> <laughs> for your uh, bike? Yeah, of course. You're not watching the videos while you're riding? <laughs> oh, I'm doing that. I'm doing, the, I, I'm doing that wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Turn like this. I don't see that turn up here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like a bad Grand Theft Auto, trust me. I don't me. know how we survived our teenage years. <laughs> I, I'm, I literally spent my teenage years on a mountain bike doing really stupid so I'm really surprised. <laughs> like I have all my original teeth. Nothing. There's there's bones that are being held together by metal, but it was when I was an adult, so I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So I look at the amount of helmets that I've gone through in my life, let alone ones that fit my head. <laughs> so I didn't have full face helmets when I was a kid, and my face still looks okay. So yeah. hides the beard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hides the scars. Yeah. So oh how yeah. did you get started? Just watched a rad a bunch of times. You're like Lori Laughlin's the. I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She was terrible. She can buy herself in anything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it's kind of the, the typical story. A lot of women get into mountain biking because their boyfriend or husband does it and they think it's a great idea for them to do it. And sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. I was kind of thrown in the deep end, got a downhill bike and sent down some pretty technical blacks and double blacks. And actually in one of my first rides, I ran myself over. <laughs> I got home and I'm like, man, the back of my leg really hurts. And I looked at it and it was this perfect tire mark wrapping the back of my thigh. And I, I did it to myself somehow. Oh, you don't even know how you did it? <laughs> no, I it just, I fell so many times. Oh, okay. I can't even pinpoint the time that I ran myself over and had this like perfect minion tire mark, which is like the tire I had. So yeah, it started out great. Um, this was great start to the day. It was day. a great start. If only she had some instruction from type some type of school. Well, and that's the funny thing. It took me six years. I've been racing in the pro category for four years, and I just started getting actual instruction, and it's made a big difference. Wow. But when you wing it, 
some things go well and some things don't. Well, there is a lot. I mean, when you're riding, there is a lot of by feel and you're in feeling how far you can push the bike and, and knowing, you know, don't really put on the too, too much of the front brake or you'll be, end up over the front brake mm-hmm. and things like that. I've many times come home with, you know, the gear t- the gears in the back of my leg and things like that. But that's, yeah. I don't think I've ever run my, I've run myself over in the fact that, like, I went over the bike and the bike kept going over me, but that was. I've gone over the handlebars and been right yeah. over my, my motorcycle. Wow. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Jeez. Super steep downhills. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> my same scenario. By, Needless to say, I wasn't leaning far enough back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was a quick lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> so you started riding kind of for fun. And yes. then and then ter- took it into more of a pro career. Yeah, I, well, I started racing. Just um, I basically ended up with a bike and didn't know people in the bike world. So I started going to races just to meet people. And um, I had a downhill bike. And downhill bikes are really tough to pedal uphill. Yeah. So by going to downhill races, you automatically had a shuttle or a chairlift to the top. Oh, so okay. it worked yeah. out great. But my first bike was 42 pounds and it was tough to ride. I was going to say, by today's standards, that's very heavy. We it's should talk about heavy. that. We have a it's lot pretty of, heavy. Yeah, we have a lot of mountain bike listeners. But like, what's a good weight for a mountain bike now? Let's say not like a new ride. But like, what's the, mm-hmm. what's like, if you're looking at a bike, you're looking at a, a weight like, um, as a, I'm, I would be a large on a bike. So, what would that? What would be a good weight for me on a like bike? Like a low to mid thirties. Okay, yeah. So yeah. an extra fifteen pounds is a lot. It when, was a lot, yeah. Yeah, and so you're it was like tiny. <laughs> it was like riding a bowling ball, and you could turn left, or you could turn right, or you could go straight. But there was no three dimensional aspect to it. Yeah, you cannot go left and straight at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that is not an option. <laughs> that is what the berms are for to take you this aside. <laughs> okay, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that, I, I understand. That's the conversation I had. I think I think <laughs> my downhill bike in like the '90s was close to 60 pounds. Oh, wow! Man. And that and that had some Cannondale advanced aluminum design. <laughs> I use in air quotes, but yeah. I mean, well, it was all. I mean, there was aluminum, but it was they were they still weighed a ton, and we st- we didn't have drop posts, and we didn't have, mm-hmm. and we had three sprockets in the front, and back in my day, <laughs> <laughs> the chairlift took me to the top. Yeah. It's cool that you rode then because bikes have changed so much since then. And one of the key things is the head angle of the bike and the design of the bike now makes it so that you aren't constantly falling over the front of the bike because the head angle is slack in the front. And so it puts your weight in a different position relative to the front axle. There's so, a lot of math going on. In there's a lot of math. There's, That's cool. You, can you, I wish I could draw pictures with all these little angles to make it look fancy, but uh, you basically, should, you should put that in a video. <laughs> I I will. Okay, good. I sure will. <laughs> we're all like, tell us, like, tell us more. <laughs> no, we were talking about it last week. We were talking about it with the Baja stuff and bigger tires running over. And then, like, I bought a I bought a friend's actually John Fowler's stump jumper like six years ago, and it, and it had 29-inch front wheels, which I had never ridden in my life. It had a drop post, which I found out the hard way when I hit the button on accident. Uh, I was like, what was that? So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, technology, like, is so – but it, you're right. It, it put me so far back. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I fell off the front of that bike at all. It, it says a lot. I fell off That's the front a, of my other bikes a lot. You got a lot of weight up top. <laughs> both, both of you are looking at me like, uh-huh. You're special, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, as we yeah. talked about, like a, a hard lesson to learn on a motorcycle, it's the same, same kind of physics apply that when you're going steep downhill, you got to lean way back. And just a few inches makes a giant difference. And mm-hmm. so it's a little – actually easier on a motorcycle because all that weight you've got down low with the engine will actually hold the bike down a little easier on a bike with no weight like that when you reduce 
literally 220 pounds off of it, your tendency to go forward amplifies real quick. <laughs> well, I mean, I especially with, with, with brake technology. Like, I mean, I was riding with like rim brakes. Like, discs <laughs> were like a new thing. You're lucky if you had the three spoke like carbon fiber spin wheels that you had to take out a loan, sell your mother's kidney. But yeah. So, all right, well, let's take our first break. When we come back, let's talk more about how you got started in this career. We'll be right back. Sure. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. I was just about to be like, where'd you get started? <laughs> Some just a very aggressive talk show. No, no. Dan's like, we're going to bring it in. Dan's like, you tell her, ask her where she gets started. I'm like, okay, where'd you get started? <laughs> that, I know that question came out of the blue. You weren't prepared for that, but where'd you get started? <laughs> well, I mean, we talked to you about the boy. You said no. the, you got started. How old were you when you got started is what I was going 26. For. 26. Oh, so you started actually later then. Yeah. Yep. I thought you were much younger than that. Why, thank you. <laughs> that is the impression I like to give. <laughs> she started young, men suck. Move on, Dan. <laughs> Jeez, I got the point. Why didn't you? <laughs> Love the bikes. Hate the boys. <laughs> well, bikes are pretty reliable, so. Oh, that's a good one. Cheers to you. Agreed. Yeah. I'd like to disagree. I can't. Yeah, um, but yeah. you didn't start riding until you were 26, though. Yeah, no, I actually, I guess I had started in some other sports. I did a lot of very different sports. I was a rower, cross-country ski racer. Uh, then I got... A did you don't, I'm sorry, you don't, I'm not going <laughs> to... Cross-country ski racer, you just don't hear that a lot. Like, no. Like, which sport would you like to do? You know, I'd really like to do cross-country racing. That's a hard sport. It yeah. is a hard sport, but it's relevant to the story. Okay. Because okay. it... We trained so hard in college for that. It mm -hmm. was, you know, 50 weeks a year. And you couldn't risk getting hurt doing other sports. And so uh, when I graduated, uh, I got a motorcycle license. And then mom said, no motorcycle. So I bought a dirt bike, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a really good compromise. And then it's not a motorcycle. It's a dirt bike. <laughs> I like the way your logic works. My logic works the same way, yeah. just so they're accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But technically, on the dirt bike, uh, it's a little bit more in my control because the trees don't move. There's no cars coming at you. Yes. If you hit something, it's probably on you. Do you feel like she gave the same speech to her mother? <laughs> it's not a motorcycle. I control the bike. The trees don't move. Oh yeah. I can vouch for those trees still being very painful to hit. I can That's vouch for true. trying to save that conversation oh my with my gosh. mom, and it didn't work. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you, though, because we've got these episodes, and we have this intro that we've been using at least for the first 10 of them, and my mom watches it. And every clip is of me, except there's one, like, 360 cam clip. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, somebody hit a tree. I'm like, yes, yes, mother, some, somebody did. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know, she actually put it together that it was me who hit the tree <laughs> head on. Like, just straight into it. But uh, maybe she was just not trying to embarrass me or something. <laughs> Do you know, when you drink and you watch that 360, it looks like you hit a tree. <laughs> <laughs> No, mother, it wasn't me. <laughs> yes, every other clip is me, just not the one where somebody screws up really yeah. bad. I was. I had a stunt double. Right. Yeah. I yeah. was dropping down a root ladder on my dirt bike up in Walker Valley, and I just caught the front end, and I went straight over the handlebars, 
but right up against the tree. And so I hit the tree with my back, broke my back protector, and ended head down in the dirt with the bike, like, up against me, pinned in the tree. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I'm alive today. It was great, though. I'm sure it was very entertaining to watch. Oh, my God. I crashed a downhill mountain bike, and they had to pull my bike 12 feet out of a tree once. That's impressive. Yeah, I kind of threw it. It's a long time, but yeah. Yeah. All right, so oh you're gosh. out of college, you're 26, you're doing dirt bikes. Uh, yeah, I got the dirt bike and had some crashes on that, the, which is expected. Yeah. And then that's when the boyfriend at the time, his all of his buddies were getting married and having kids, and their wives said, no more dirt bikes. So they sold their dirt bikes and bought mountain bikes. So you can see this progression. Yeah. Of, it's okay, I'm, I'm on a mountain bike, it's fine. So it's somebody safe. else's children forced you to stop riding motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, exactly. She had a kid. You got to stop riding. Uh-huh. So that's how I got the bike. Got it. And then, you know, that relationship ended and there I was with the bike and didn't know what I was doing. But it it is funny looking back on it because when you get started in a new sport, you know, it's a, it's a culture. Yeah. And you got to dress the right way and all this stuff. And I showed up in an event. And I had, like, short shorts on and these huge hockey-style knee pads and a spaghetti strap tank top. But then I had my uh, dirt bike neck brace, like a Liat brace. Yeah. And a full face motor. <laughs> You're like, I'm running what I got. Was, give me some, give me a break. The worst. No, she, she exposed as much skin as she could to the world. Trust me. <laughs> Mountain bikes love that. <laughs> yeah. But with the neck brace. Yeah. yeah no, you're, you're, yeah, that, that just means you'd be alive to feel the pain of the road rash. Yeah, <laughs> you know, believe me. Like, and I can see that. You're walking through, like, does that girl wear spaghetti straps? <laughs> oh, she just must have taken her pads off. No, she's going for it. Oh, let's watch. So I went to my first race, and I thought, well, I don't really know what mountain bikers wear. And I had this downhill bike shoved in the back of my Camry at the time. And I didn't have any proper bike clothes, so I had these spandex like cross-country ski pants on because that was my more recent sport and this white fur-lined jacket (laughs) at a muddy downhill race that didn't even have bathrooms or any and it was just you know it's it's dirtbagging it out there and I was so out of place and I, I I was okay with that but I got to the top of this run and I thought what am I gonna do if I'm riding down this run and the tire rips my pants open because (laughs) when you're riding we've all had that question (laughs) when you're like when you're learning what feels safe is to move back on the bike so you put your weight back and when you get more advanced you actually don't want to be hanging off the back of your bike you don't have a lot of control back there but when you're learning and you're a little scared your tendency is to move off the back of the bike and to hang hang over the rear tire yep and sometimes when you're learning, you hit your butt on the tire. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Been there. This, this panic moment of I'm not wearing the right clothes and there are consequences to that. <laughs> so after I ran through all the scenarios of what I would do, because there's like photographers on the course and I had all these horror moments going through my mind, I realized I really needed to get proper gear. And since then, the bike manufacturers have actually come out with really uh, appropriate women's gear that fits. So uh, we've made some progress in that. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was a, it was a bit of a rough start. Had a lot of a lot of crashes and didn't really know what I was doing. Um, How did the community embrace you? Because I mean, I found it. it was it was there was a lot of welcoming people that were willing. Like the best people in the world would sit down and talk to you and and just because they want they shared the passion. It's just a lot like the car community and mm-hmm. off road community. It's like 
they they will see that like I feel like that somebody should have watched him and been like you need like a you need a, a, a back plate and you need elbow pads and you you know yeah, 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 I did. I did have people kind of adopt me. Actually, a local local family kind of adopted me and nice. took took me under their wing and helped me get on. <laughs> we don't want you dead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Unless you're trying to get sponsored by OnlyFans, this is a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, but but you're How right. How did your first race go? Well, my tire didn't eat my ass, so I'm good. <laughs> so yeah, she's telling that story. I'm like, I've done that. <laughs> but I had those like old school pants on that had like that crotch pad that went. Oh yeah. Yeah, that yeah. would have been better. Yeah, would, yeah, I would have. It can still eat through that. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Those pants are not built for underwear. I'm just saying. So, yeah. Yeah. But you're right. The community makes the sport. Because there are a lot of great sports out there that if they don't have the right community, it's still not that much fun. It's not that engaging. The mountain bike community, probably just like the car community, is really welcoming, really inviting. And it just makes you keep on to keep coming back Mm -hmm. because you love the people. So it's, yeah, it's like a lot of the communities in the area. What was the turning point for you where you realized that you could do this as a career? Uh, well, that was actually the summer. I, I um, worked an office job until the summer. Oh, well, congratulations. Um, yeah, I have That's a, awesome. Um, yeah, I was in healthcare for 10 years and did a, did a lot in um, the health and wellness space. And then what happened was um, I had gone to Baja last February to get some photos with this company fluid ride yeah and i had a great time and i just wanted to be more involved and i just basically didn't go away and kept volunteering my time and hi hi, hi. <laughs> yes, yes. do you need somebody to hit a tree Cause, i mean i can do it <laughs> my mom's not gonna be happy but i'll do it <laughs> yeah. yeah sacrifice yourself actually well, i'll tell you about that Please I, do. I, yeah. I did hit a tree but i also uh, broke my collarbone a few months ago on yeah. camera. <laughs> I remember you, you posted that. You were talking about that. Or when we were trying to schedule this, you were saying you had broken your collarbone. And that was just, you hit a tree? <laughs> no, I just hit the ground. Oh, and just took it back, yeah. Yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't really all that much. It doesn't look like a, a bad crash. But, uh, yeah, it's online, so even my mother can watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just hit some soft dirt on a berm and um, was a bit too high on it, and it had just been rebuilt and just kind of this perfect storm. The front tire pitched at a 90-degree angle, which stopped the bike, and I happened to kind of lawn dart into the next jump, Ooh. which, you know, normally you think that riding steep downhill stuff is more dangerous, but you get the benefit of the roll. Oh, okay. When you're on yeah. steep terrain, yep. if you're on flat terrain, or if you're on jumps and you happen to go into the face of the next jump, we call it casing, you don't really have Sudden any... stop. Yeah, it's, you get a very strong impact. Yeah. Yep. I hit a berm. I'd hit tons of times riding, riding as a kid, and I broke my tibia and fibia in half. Ooh. Yeah. Just came in a little too hot, a little too low, little tiny stump, just hit me right in front of the knee and just crack, smooth, smooth break right through. Ow. Yeah, it felt great. But kids heal so fast. Yeah, that's still like notice? six months in a cast. Oh, yeah. man. All the way from like my, my, uh, all the way from my groin to my ankle. Just straight through. It was great. Oh, man. Well, this was, this was actually a, a happy ending because I got a rod put in and uh, don't make that face. <laughs> like, how? No. <laughs> You're like, it's stronger. I got a happy face. I understand. Keep going. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you said you have some, some metal I, in I, Yeah, you? I got some metal in me, but yeah, that was from doing other stupid But yeah, <laughs> tough mutters and things like that. I've got yeah. fusions in my neck and things like that. So they, oh, they, wow. they pinned it? Or they yeah, rod, they, they just put they, a rod they, in it. Say, <laughs> they rotted you? Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, but how long ago was it? Uh, Like two and a half months ago. Okay. 
and I, I have a surgery next week. They're going to take the rod out, and it'll be like it never happened. Wow. Is that the new technology now? Yeah, okay. pretty cool. That's I was, cool, then. I was riding in two and a half weeks and filming again in three and a half weeks. That's how good the technology is. Wow. So crash away. like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the takeaway from that, but yeah. It's new technology. It's new technology. I'm sure it's cheap. It's fine. She worked in healthcare. It's fine. If she says she, it's okay, you probably got to go with it. But kind of cool that you can have, like, right. I broke my collarbone in three pieces. It was a mess. You don't, I, I would not have known. Like, watching you yeah. tonight, like, in your range of motions, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known you broke something. Yeah, and I had that three days after surgery. Isn't that credible? Wow. Dang. Ow, and... Congratulations. Like, yeah, that's really cool. They can do that so fast. Um, yeah. Being an instructor now, though, what does that entail? Um, let's go through, like, uh, what common mistakes you see. What's the one thing you wish everybody would just shut up and listen to that you told them a hundred <laughs> times? Things like that. Gosh. Well, so I'll, I'll clarify that I, I'd run the operations for the company. Okay. So um, while I do help out with some of the coaching, I get to do a little bit of everything because we've got we've got three different parts to our business. One is an online school, one is in person coaching, and then one is international tours. So oh, that's right, you guys do tours. Yeah, so we have we have a little bit of that. So somebody has to be behind the computer making that stuff happen. So that's that's what I do. So I, I run all the operations, but I also do some coaching, and I think a lot of it is actually that what we were talking about before, where people are too far back on the bike. And that actually, that creates a lot of problems in jumping and cornering, in general technique, even going down a hill. Like if you're going down a steep hill and you get to the bottom and you have to turn and you're off the back of your bike, you have no traction on your front tire. So it's generally just being too far back on your bike. Good to Which, know, because that's and my... You, and you can split your pants. That's my panic in a, on a bicycle. Is I, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to go over the bars. I've done that way too many times, so I lean too far back. But, I'm, I mean, mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense now that you say it out loud. I'm like, oh, duh, if I'm back, I don't have front traction. That's obvious. Anything off-road or uh, wet mm-hmm. wet driving, it's like, you know, you want to be partially on the brakes so that you've got traction in the front of the car. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense in a mountain bike, too. Yeah. Yeah, which you couldn't do back in the day when you're on the old-style bikes and the front of the bike's pretty vertical. You had to be back so you didn't flip over the front. But now that's not really a concern. Yeah. You're a lot less likely to flip over the front, and if your body's not in the right position, all your weight's in the rear wheel. Makes perfect sense. It's amazing how much of a bike you control when you're not on the seat as far as body motion and things like that. Like, even old school stuff, but, like, watching some of the racers. Like, and I still do religiously get on YouTube and watch the race because it's always, it's always amazing to me to watch some of these people that are blasting. Like, downhill mountain biking and cross country and everything is so much faster now so much faster like yep. the stuff they're doing in downhill now and and massive gaps stuff that you just wouldn't do i mean we, we didn't have the travel and the suspension i mean rock shocks were literally like fucking like goo little things you put in in the, in the front like I, I, they were like sit like plastic cylinders that barely did anything it was ridiculous yeah but and you look at technology now like we've got a bike here that you'll see in photos it's it's incredible it's just like the, the technology that comes out of it is so cool and mm-hmm. the carbon is making things so lighter and so much rigid and i mean the idea of going out and buying a bike like in the old days you, you would buy a hardtail bike or, you, or you'd buy a mountain bike and that's what you bought and then you'd turn your mountain bike into a downhill bike by some people were cutting the back of the frames off and doing stuff like that now you go out there and, and you buy any type of bike that's not for the road, and some even for the road, and they're full suspension. Everything's full suspension. It's such a different mm-hmm. world. Yeah, and the road bikes, you can lock it out, make it, you know, make it stiff. Yeah. I was watching a movie the other night, uh, North of Nightfall, actually. Have you watched it yet? Mm-mm. So these guys go up uh, north of the Arctic Circle. It's called North of Nightfall because it's sun daylight the whole time they're there. They find a little remote island off uh, in Canada up in... Uh, 
I think it's, what is it now? It used to be Northwest Territory. Now it's called Nineveh. And, um, yeah, some of the stuff they ride down is this, all this, this shale and stuff. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I couldn't walk down that if I tried. I would be f- head over heels forward rolling down this. And watching guys ride now in the bikes they use, and this is 2018, so this film's not brand new. The technology has actually changed quite a bit even since then as I've been looking through. And seeing the stuff bikes can do now is just insane. It's amazing to watch. I love it. Like, I don't I don't downhill or uh, ride it much anymore, but it's still amazing to watch. Like, it doesn't matter what you're into. It's just, like, the talent and the skill, the, the bar has been raised so high for riders. I remember when... Um, Danny McCaskill came out and just changed the <laughs> internet, literally. With uh, He literally changed the internet. It was the most viewed video on YouTube when he came out. I actually met him at uh, Crankworks one year. Oh, Amazing sweet. guy. Yeah, he's just a super humble, great guy. But, like, the stuff, uh, the way technology has changed biking is almost more substantial than I've seen in cars just because it's it's so accessible. Like, if you want a fully carbon fiber anything car, you're breaking the seven-figure market. I don't think there is. Well, no, you can get into McLaren's, I guess, for the low 200s. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you want to do that on a bicycle, you're looking at nine, ten grand for starting with, like, insane, insane technology. Yeah, but back in 98, you could buy, you know, Missy Giovi's downhill bike off from Cannondale for, like, 2500 bucks. Right. Now you can barely buy a new bike that's like built for Susie down the street for $2500. <laughs> it's like true. I was I was out looking and then you're talking and you're talking about technology going now and you get on these sites like Cannondale Trek and all that and a, lo- a lot of these they're now building these electric bikes the, the fact that they're mm-hmm. electric yeah, assist and if you don't have a chairlift kind of thing. Yeah. So, have yeah. you ridden a lot of those? I haven't because in this area there aren't a lot of legal places for them. Um, I also That's good to know. Yeah, I did not know oh. that. I thought you could ride those everywhere. I'm going to be honest. It's probably good I don't have one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I haven't quite mastered skateboards yet, so I'm going to... Yeah, so we're good. Yeah. They definitely, yeah. They definitely have a good place. Um, okay. It's just a, it's a matter of time for, for e-bikes to become a little more popular. Um, you know, for a lot of people, it's, that's a lot more money to yeah. get an e-bike on top of your bike plus maintenance. And right now, nobody can really get bikes anyway because of... COVID, so. Yeah, what's um, COVID? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell you. That sounds dangerous. We should stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. mountain yeah. bike instead. It's much safer. Okay, good. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, I was yeah. going to say entry level with giant specialized seems to be five grand seems to be about yeah. the, the median price point. And I've been looking at that because uh, obviously growing up riding motorcycles my whole life, the e-bike market has a lot of appeal to me. And as technology improves, I actually take it as a positive that I think we're going to start seeing a lot of the dirt bike market go away. Really? And I don't think that's a downside. It's a lot cleaner. It's quieter, which is what, if you want to get anything shut down, you make a lot of noise. But we're already seeing that. (laughs) Like, like DJ's got that electric. Yeah, we have friends with electric bikes left and right. No, but that's like an electric motorcycle, like off-road. Well, I mean, KTM and Yamaha actually makes an electric e-bike. Not electric motorcycles. They make that too, but they make electric e-bikes. And... Yeah, that, we need a definition between an electric motorcycle and electric well, electric motorcycle. To, to me, like the street depending legal, on how big your tires are, <laughs> you're paying tabs or you're not. <laughs> Some of us don't pay tabs on their cars, so go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I forgot. Uh, no, anyway, yeah, yeah I, let's hear your thoughts though. What do you think of the e-bike market coming into the dirt, uh, the mountain bike market? Thank you. Well, I I personally don't have strong feelings like a lot of people do. Uh, a lot of, That's a, lot rare of in that. a lot of people have some strong feelings and you could spend a lot more time talking about it on Facebook than actually riding a bike, but um <laughs> Well she says a lot without saying much. Yeah, well <laughs> that said. That was well played, yeah. yeah. 
Can't wait to put that on Facebook. You are going to be toast. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't tag me. (laughs) And then she said this. (laughs) So I think, you know, whether it's an e-bike or I'm just going to start with pedal bikes in general, there's a, when I compare that lifestyle to the dirt bike lifestyle I had uh, slightly before that, um, for me, Dirt biking took a lot of time getting the bikes ready, driving to a place where you could actually ride and coming home. And the number of days I could do that in the course of a year were pretty limited. And so I might get six to 10 days in the summer of dirt biking if I was feeling ambitious. Mountain biking, whether it's, you know, any e-bike or uh, acoustic bike, they're calling them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's clever. Um, Makes sense. You know, you can get out and you can do that after work. You can do that on a Saturday morning before doing other commitments. And so around here, since we're we're filled with trails in the area. Yeah, we're bicycle crazy here. It's something you can do often. So you get this accessibility and frequency thing. So instead of being a weekend warrior on the dirt bike, and now I get a ride every day or most days. When it's not snowing, like <laughs> today, fat tire. <laughs> we can fat tire today. But um, yeah, so That's you get the that beer, right. I could do that. Yeah, fat tiring. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Right. So you get sure. that accessibility thing here. Yeah. And as as far as the e-bikes go, it just you know it depends on where you live. Um, we we have a lot of trails, and I don't know. I don't mind pedaling. To be honest, I'm the racing I do isn't. There are no e-bike races yet, and so as yeah. far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm gonna have to pedal for the races. So I I prefer to train. The way that I'll be racing the e-bikes, the technology is coming around quickly, but for me, it's still a really heavy bike. And so when oh, I yeah. think about how heavy that bike is relative to me, that's just a lot of bike. Yeah, a light e-bike, a light e-bike I've seen is about forty pounds on the super lights. Those are super lights. Yeah, yeah. like the the top end specialized, which are by the way are like twenty grand. <laughs> for one of those full carbon yeah, some really of those nice are, e-bikes. Yeah. They're cheap to fix when you crash too. Oh, well, and it's it's funny actually coming and talking to you guys because the sport you do is not cheap. And no. and I'm like, okay, well, maybe mountain biking is a lot cheaper than I thought. You know, because we think of, oh, it's just a different $10,000. What are you racing, by the way? Are you doing downhill, cross country? What are you doing? Um, I race enduro. Do you enduro, know? okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, okay. Okay. Badass, okay. So both. So I started, <laughs> yeah. in, I started <laughs> yeah. in downhill. Yeah, okay. Um, so I still race in downhill for fun, but I'm racing enduro now. Yeah. Um, part of it is uh, some of those courses for downhill are insane. Yeah. And I think I have a better competitive advantage in the <laughs> in the enduro space where it's kind of kind of downhilly, but um, you're out there all day on your bike. So I just, I had better luck in the, in the enduro scene. Oh yeah. It's a great series. That's something, I mean, it's tough. That, well, it's really <laughs> tough. Like you, yeah. you, you, when you're sitting there thinking, I like to pedal. It's like, yeah, cross country, there's some pedaling and downhill. There's a little bit, but enduros, it's enduring. <laughs> I think that's why they named it that. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> that's genius, Nick. Thank you that for you're that. <laughs> Every once in a while, something good comes out. Every once in a while. Not everybody gets to hear the, you know, the good ideas. Yeah. So. It, I'm not shy about it. I, I actually gave up motorcycle, dirt biking, motorcycling, because I just didn't have enough time to go ride. It was like if I wanted to, between getting all my year together, also having the truck or a trailer to pull it, and then mm-hmm. getting up there and then maintaining the bike, it was like, it was just too much work. I didn't have the time. I just want to get and go. And so... Yeah, it just didn't become viable as I got older and my time became less. It, mm-hmm. it just wasn't as fun anymore because I'm like, man, I got to dedicate an entire day to this. And then time after to clean up the bike and get everything ready. A lot easier to do with a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be really low maintenance if you want it to be. I mean, I put air in my tires every three weeks. Like, I'm 
Yeah. Super, super low maintenance with that. Yeah. And then with a bicycle, it's like, you know, hose it off. If you, you know, relube your chain, you're pretty much good to go as long as your, your brakes and stuff are maintained. I mean, I spent more time maintaining my bikes. I don't know why I was it's like OCD. I mean, I had every park tool, every chain cleaner, every lube. I mean, it was just, I'm trying motorcycle, every ride, change your oil. No, no, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's this, I mean, I think you, you're going to be obsessed about it no matter what. And, and especially if you're paying, no matter if you're paying $5,000 for a motorcycle or $5,000 for a, a pedal bike or any, you know, or an acoustic bike as we will now, I will now be using that. Yeah, a that's lot. a great term. <laughs> I will be rubbing that in a lot of people's faces. Nice, <laughs> nice acoustic bike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Apparently, you prefer to be in health, good health, and pedal. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of our listeners, a lot of a lot of car people, just they gravitate gravitate toward other sports like that. Anything with wheels, mm-hmm. we're into. It doesn't really matter what the motor, what the drive is. It's just like you, if you have car, you typically like bicycles, dirt bikes, anything with the anything that rolls, you're into. Right. Well, yeah. and it's a great compliment because there are a lot of days you can't go do all that car stuff, mm-hmm. but you have an hour to go pop some wheelies or you have an hour to go for a little trail ride. Yep. Uh, for our good friend Cameron, we've had on the show before. He's Redmond PD, bicycle PD, actually. Great guy. And uh, he now, because he's he's moved from vehicle to bike, like he has gone nuts. Sold his GTI. Well, he had a very R32, he had a really nice one. Went to back to a truck because bicycle. Now he's got something to haul it with and he just went all in with it. And I'm like, man, it looks really fun. It looks like I got to do that too. Now I have a truck. <laughs> you can see what's coming next. Yeah. <laughs> I've been looking at it. It's, I'm not, I'm it's not a dirt bike. Like, well, no, I'm, I've, been, I've been looking at getting another bike. I, like, I miss having a bike. I haven't had a bike in probably four years now. And it, I miss it. Like I said, when I lived in Redmond, I was, I was out at Doothy like all the time. Yeah. And I met so many people out there. And it, which, by the way, if you have, if you're in this area and, and want to just go out and ride, it's a really good place to start kind of out there. Yeah. You, I mean, and it's ironic because now we live in Sammamish and I haven't been there since. But, um, <laughs> like, we just got I, here. I could ride there literally. If we could so, buy bicycles, we would probably be there. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean. Well, now you have to go. I know. I know. It's, it is. It, it, it's something. It's. It, it, I, I, you we were joking. You were, you were saying you should get back into it, and it has been an itch. Where I'm like, oh. yeah. the money has just been going in other directions right now. I'm like, I just got to divert <laughs> a couple of months to a bike. So, yeah. well, yeah. that's you know, it's funny when we were we're looking at property right now, and one of the things I want to do is like I want at least three usable acres for the house and the lawn and the shop and everything else. But I'm actually looking for at least five. And not because I need a ton of land. It's because I actually want to build a trail system again. Sure. I had that growing up. When I lived in the middle of nowhere in Arlington, that was a lot more easy. You to... just want to live in a trailer no matter what it That's takes. That's true. I yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. In a van down, <laughs> down by the river. I'm like, shop first. House, it'll get there. Yeah. No. <laughs> but no, it's because I want to build a trail system to go ride. And it's just when you have that land, you can do that. And luckily, but here, if you're on a bicycle, I'm, let's segue into our next part of the conversation. What are your favorite places to ride that are local to you? So, well, living in Fall City, yeah. I that is that is by design because I love Tokel. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's right in Fall City, so I can pedal there from my house, and it's got a ton of trails. Um, it's also it's actually where I go, and I take my dog for sunset hikes there. Oh. So it's quiet; nobody's out there. So it's kind of that's that's my spot. Um, the dog yeah, so don't go there, listeners. Yeah. Don't be rude. The dog has <laughs> lots of energy because it gets chicken soup. Remember? Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Her dog is well fed. Yep. <laughs> well loved. Yeah. yeah. He is. Yeah. Yep. So we, so it's a, it's a cool multi-purpose spot. Um, being in Fall City, it's at a really low elevation. Mm-hmm. So in the winter, it rarely gets snowed out. So oh, it's just, yeah. it's a, it's a fun spot because it's always runs great in the winter. And then it kind of leaves the shoulder seasons in summer open for Tiger and Raging River. 
Duthie, actually, I think Duthie is one of the coolest spots ever. People across the world ask, oh, man, I want a Duthie. Nobody has a Duthie. Duthie is the coolest progression spot ever. It's amazing how much it's changed. Because I remember, like, when we'd, we'd go there and you could, like, park inside, like, where, where the main circle is oh, now. Oh, yeah. And now you drive out there and there's cars for miles. Not that you can't. It's, yeah. like, it's almost like if you needed something to get there, you still could. Somebody, <laughs> I was in a store one time and I heard a guy bitch. He's like, we, we tried to go to Duthie. We had to park two miles away. I'm like, you went for mountain biking, right? Yeah. I was like, so you had something to ride to Duthie? <laughs> I'm like, that's yeah, a really yeah, short yeah, ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, suck it up. <laughs> Jesus. That's funny. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's busy there. And so it is that's really easy to go and work your job for an hour and then leave because it's such a social scene mm-hmm. too. So it's, yeah, it's, it's. It's busy. It's full of kids. It's fun to see the families there. Yeah. If it was up to me, the whole parking lot would just be for um, parents with kids or families or anybody with kids because it gets nuts there. But on the other hand, it's a lot of people outside having fun. Yeah. So it's a good. But there's a lot of people there that will help you. Like I said, I've I've learned a lot while riding there. People are going, you know, you might want to try this. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you, You may or may not take their advice. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you, yeah. you, 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 you take it you take it and try it i didn't say it worked i, I was said, there yeah. with a friend yeah, yeah. and some guy told my friend like you should tell her to pedal off the end of the drop oh, to bring yeah. her front wheel up yeah that'll do that yeah thanks yeah yeah actually that's a great transition so what i was gonna <laughs> just ask wheelie you, off it you're fine just wheelie <laughs> no, Bunny hop. exactly yeah thanks for telling this other man how to, how to coach me <laughs> I was. I Thank was going to ask you for mansplaining mountain biking. <laughs> well, exactly had, that. No, get, get this. I had another guy at the bar. He was like, "You should really take a lesson with fluid ride." Really? <laughs> like, Thank you. Do you have their I, number? I, I'll take that into consideration. I run the company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate that advice, but I'm glad you think so highly of them as well. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm doing my job right if you think we're that reputable. Yeah. 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 That was the takeaway. And then I, nice. I told him that, and he's like, oh, so I'm mansplaining to you. Hey, at least he owned up to it. At least he's he like, did. oh, he egg handled, on face, my bad. Handled yeah. it well. I appreciate that. Yeah. I was going to ask you how often you get that. In the car world, we do see it a lot. And as the more enlightened of us, I'd like to think, we're like, dude, just shut up. <laughs> like, we see that a lot. Like, guys talking to other women drivers track. I'm like, dude, she could smoke you on this track in a Miata. And you're driving a GT2 <laughs> RS. Shut up. <laughs> um, do you get that a lot in the mountain bike world still? Um, Just... Being being a female? Yeah, or? just being a woman in the mountain bike world. Oh, you're a woman? You're I didn't notice. <laughs> so, so interesting. Um, we didn't introduce your pronouns. Yeah, apologize. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, do you want you me know, to slow that down for you, sweetie? <laughs> <laughs> can, can you write it? Yeah, I got No, I can't. I'm an ape-like man. Ugh. Girl ride bike good. Yeah. You know, I I don't that's a tough question. Um I get some funny things but I don't know. I feel I feel really respected in in this space and I think for me I don't I don't ever want to go out there and be like, "Hey, look, women can jump this jump or women can do this stuff too." I, I just don't really care to do that. I just want to show up and and if people notice, they notice. Great. But yeah, I do. I kind of have this dream of a bunch of lady, we call them lady trains or, you know, train to the bike park and you got a long line of people Mm -hmm. hitting a jump line. And I have this vision of it just silently being a bunch of women going by. Make a great video for you guys. And it'll just be, it'll just be normalized. And we don't have that right now, but I think that we can. And Mm -hmm. I think we will one day. It's just, 
there is there is definitely differential. Like when you see a train go by, it's probably dudes right now. Yep. I was watching. I was listening to a podcast on Joe Rogan. It was uh, I forget her name. She's a climber, um, one of the best in the world. She just did an incredible free climb up uh, in Yosemite. But she was saying her her goal was not to be. She's a great woman climber. She's a great climber. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's a great way to say that. That's what we really, that's what I, you know, I can see that being the striving point. She's a great climber. She's a great rider. She's a great driver. Like, mm-hmm. it's just great driver. It's not, she's a great women driver. She's just a great driver. She's a great rider. Yeah, exactly. And and to be honest, there's so much technique in mountain biking that, you know, I can, I can definitely show up some other men on their, oh, yeah. on the trail. And that's, and that's fun. And they laugh and. <laughs> like everyone in some, this room and then some. <laughs> <laughs> we get some kicks out of it and, and we move on and. I don't know. I've, I also feel like I have gotten a lot of opportunities just because I'm a female and I'm grateful for them. And I mean, I got I got this job because they needed they needed to represent women more. And I've gotten a bunch of photo shoots and I've gotten videos and I've, I've gotten all these things. And I I think that's been a huge blessing for sure. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I stayed out of that conversation. Uh, welcome welcome no, no, back. No, no, I'm good. It's welcome, just, join, I mean, come welcome join us. Show. There was nothing I was going to say. I mean, not that I have any problem with any of that. So, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you riding now, by the way? Oh, yeah. Good question. Um, I am on an Evil Insurgent. Okay. So, that is a 27.5, um, kind of a mid-travel bike. So, 160 mil in the front, 150 in the rear. Okay. okay. So, it's a very, like, uh, neutral trail bike style. Yeah, enduro, enduro style. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm actually, I would really like to get a 29er next because it just, it rolls so fast. And if you're racing, you kind of want to be on, I think, I'm, I think I want to be on a 29er. But then they've also got the mullet bike, which hasn't really taken off. But I really, I, I don't know, I think there's some promise to it. That's the 29er in the front for rolling over yeah. um, larger yes. objects. Yes, yeah, so we hit the hole, you're not diving into 27 it. 27.5 in the back, so yeah. you've got the... The business and party mix. also sit the rake back. I've, I don't, I've seen photos of a couple of them, but I didn't see. Well, it depends if the bike was designed for yeah. that or if somebody just threw a larger wheel in the front. Well, maybe I just saw one with a larger wheel in the front. Somebody <laughs> might have just put that it on was, there. It, there was definitely a, a rear-facing rear facing rake, I would say. Well, just imagine how well it descends. Ooh. Imagine. <laughs> imagine. Give me a minute. It's funny how much I of this I can see it. I see this transfer. I'm imagining. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't interrupt your dream escape. Yeah, exactly. Interesting stuff. Let's take our second break, and we'll be right back. We'll talk more about bikes, where you're going next, and uh, yeah, there's not much from Avance, of course, because mm-hmm. COVID. We'll be right back. <laughs> Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. That's the third time it happened to me. You can say that a lot. I, well, it's a lot of things <laughs> happened to me three times. You need times. to learn the second time. <laughs> no. And the first is it's great. The first time you screw up, the second time you know you screwed up and you do it the same time and hopefully you get it right the third time. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't mess with porcupines. I know now. <laughs> I was wondering as a pet. Have you heard them nibble on things? It's adorable. As long as you pet them from the head back, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I tried that one. It's not a good <laughs> I idea. I pet one at the zoo when I was a kid. Did you? Boy, <laughs> we have both have ADD a lot. <laughs> squirrel! Porcupine! <laughs> and the squirrel came back to bite me. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, Hi. Skunk. Nice to see you're still here. <laughs> Hello. I'm really actually surprised. So it's like <laughs> some of the stuff that's happened in the break. I'm not surprised. She's like, you know, I just realized I don't want to be here. Um, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> I ride mountain bikes, and you are crazy. So yeah. <laughs> You can, she's not saying I mean, no. I, she's not I didn't saying technically no. say that on air. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, fair it enough. It was recorded. It didn't happen. Okay, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> uh, let's talk cars a little bit because, you know, it's funny how that always inter- interweaves itself into our you show. You have to have a car to get your bike somewhere. Right? But And you have a pretty cool one, which you share with Nick. I love my car. Yeah. Tell yeah. us more about your Crosstrek. Yeah. So I've got a Subaru Crosstrek. It's a manual, which was a little bit hard to find. Yeah. Yes, it um, is. I'm very, very proud. I, I, it sounds like I'm challenging a record here, but I have 136,000 miles on my original clutch and my goal is at least 150. It's going strong. That's awesome. But no, that car rips. And you bought it brand new. Yes. Wow. I mean, okay. So everybody knows I'm I'm getting the world right now because there was an Avance event and I burned my clutch up a little bit, but, um, Yeah, there's a difference though. It's you're gonna win this because like mine's new, <laughs> so you're you're winning. Trust me. Yeah, this is like, how, like is it even a year old yet? No, it's two years old. Oh, it is two. Years. Wow, have you had that long? I've had it. I've had it. Oh no. Okay, it'll be two years. I'm sorry, it'll be two years in February. Okay. Yeah. There's only there's only fourteen thousand miles on it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you have are you thirty one inch tires? Ah, uh, yeah. Three yeah, inch BF, lift? BF, 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 but it's 31-inch tires. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know how much we want to put out there as far... No, yeah, no, it's... <laughs> it's completely it's, stock and under warranty. It was, always, it was always the joke that I left I left the Subaru dealership and told Dan, I'm not going to modify this. And he's like, really? And I was like, no, I ordered it. So, yeah, <laughs> it's gone. I mean, it's... So, you've got... What year is yours? Uh, 2014. 2014, okay. Oh, early Crosstrek. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was the perfect car for this because you can put the bike on the back and I'm small so I can sleep in the back on road trips. And it gets great gas mileage. So it was the perfect road trip car. Hers gets good gas mileage. That's nice to know that they exist. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't do that so much. Mine it. doesn't do it so much. But yeah, that's not Subaru's we fault. Have, that's my fault. We have very different cars, it sounds we like. We very much do. We very, very much do. Yeah, it's... Uh, no, it really is a great car, for, car for mountain biking, though. Because when you got to go to the places, gravel roads, no big deal with a Crosstrek. Yeah. Good ground clearance and apparently a good clutch when it's not lifted. <laughs> right. It's not the clutch, it's the problem. It's, it's the, problem, the driver. It's the Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Calling you out. The truth hurts, okay? <laughs> wow. Why don't you pedal off into the distance? <laughs> it would, but it's dark. <laughs> oh. I didn't bring any lights. It's dark, and I didn't bring my lights. It's cool that side. Uh, and and let me guess, And you probably didn't bring the right clothes either. I did not. I have, I'm wearing a leather jacket and boots, but yep. I'll make it work. <laughs> It'll be a cold ride, but I'll do it. Yeah, actually, Determination. So all of our vehicles really are covered in snow. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Can you I was... drive in snow? <laughs> Why, yes, I can. Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> Anything you can't do? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, then unfortunately, probably those things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's crazy. It is snowing. But yeah. uh, no, that, that car handles very well in the snow. I'm, I feel confident about my drive home. Good. <laughs> It's I'm good. Gonna, it's nice to see a super driver that's confident. There's some out there that aren't. Just going to go really slow. You'll be fine. You literally have to get on this road and it will take you home. There's a hairpin turn. Around a roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> like this literally, dro- there's, there's two like, roundabouts. There's like waterfalls on the way home. It's a preview. Keep your eyes on the road. 
We have some very good friends at Salish if you want to stop. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> I just realized that where well, she lives and nice. where we are, she literally gets to get on this road and it takes her home. It's pretty much, yeah, one road home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll enjoy it. <laughs> We're getting a little snippy at each other. No, I see that, yeah. Well, I have a chauffeur, so. You just scooted away from me. <laughs> well, I was out of arm's length to be swung at. Um, <laughs> my, huge, my huge guns here. Yeah, I mean, it's gun mess. <laughs> I didn't bring any of those. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is, you know, you get around people and we tend to do this with this podcast and it's funny. We were talking about it off the break and the fact that we're sitting at the Mount Side Tavern and you were talking to last week's guest and how one degree of separation, separation, that too. Saturation. One degree of saturation. Next cut off. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not driving home. It's fine. <laughs> and, it, and it's funny how, how this world, it was the cars and mo- you know, mountain bikes and motorcycles, it's so intertwined and it's kind of a cool thing. Cool fact. So, tell us more about uh, Fluid. If people want to get a hold of you, if they want to go ride, if they want to mm-hmm. learn, obviously you guys are the place to go to. It's great that you're local. We have a ton of local audience. I'm sorry your listeners around the rest of the world, but uh, our local audience, if they want to get a hold of you, where do they go? And what do you guys offer? You guys talked about tours. You guys do more. Than, you guys do more than instruction, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it actually is convenient if you have listeners from all around the world because we are we have that online school. So that's accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. We are going to offer a video review product soon. So you can just take a video of yourself and send it into us and we can give you customized feedback on that. You have to be on a bike, Dan. I already <laughs> asked that question. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean, I guess we haven't released it yet, so we can probably be flexible. So I can send this, like, should I be wearing this riding and you'd be like, <laughs> yes or no? I, I will do custom, like, attire advice okay, I that's will. happening um <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no. i will i will help you look the part um so that, a, a good question is how does one learn to ride a mountain bike online how does that work with the online classes well so we've i mean a lot of it is video based um so you can either watch the videos you can send in videos we've got a lot of written content and actually part of my job right now is to rebuild what we've got for an online school because it's a essentially a content library right now mm-hmm. we're going to turn it into a learning experience so you can both learn by watching but also learn by comparing your own video to the videos we've got um we have tons of in-person classes here we're offering stuff in baja we do tours in europe we do stuff in eastern washington and idaho so we're we're slowly expanding our our reach geographically idaho's great for mountain biking <laughs> it is yeah anything <laughs> oh, I grew up riding switzer and Spokane, things like that yeah yeah but, silver mountain's really yeah. fun too I was one of the original first people to ever ride down Silver Mountain on a mountain bike. I did what? it on accident. Um, <laughs> wasn't my intent. <laughs> I took How do you go- just <laughs> end up at the top of the mountain with a bike? No, 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 no. I, I took the bike up and was just riding and was going to do some, and I ended up taking the wrong trail and ended up, by the when you come out, when you ride down Silver Mountain, you end up like about five and a half miles outside of Kellogg. Yes. And then you, well, I, that was not my intent. <laughs> like I had bought an up, up ticket and a down ticket and took the wrong trails, but they're well marked now, by the way. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so a long time ago, you were young. You wouldn't have understood. <laughs> Back when your clutch was Probably new. Probably the same age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I feel better. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. We were born in the seventies. So yeah. Okay, yeah, uh-huh, there you go. Yeah, that, that's the easiest way to say that. But I, you know, but I mean, technology-wise, like, so you, are you paying to watch videos? Is that how is that how the program works? Well, we actually have we do have um, the online school is paid, but we have a ton of free content on our YouTube channel. So what we're actually doing right now is we started a series involving me as the writer, 
where I am learning to improve my skills. I saw your turn correction video the other day. Very good, oh, by the you way. did. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for watching it. So we, we have this ongoing series. I've got two goals. One is a speed and tech goal, and one is a style goal. So we're yeah. trying to hit all the main elements of mountain biking. And so that's going to be probably close to a one-year series. We're dropping new videos every week. And every week has a new skill. So that's an easy way to learn as well because you can kind of follow my progression and it's funny because a lot of the skills and the techniques that we're using apply equally to beginner riders and pro riders cool well i mean it is and i've done this actually at Duthi long before i knew about this and the fact that i've, been, I've gone on youtube and been like okay what's the proper way to ride it to ride a berm because you, you know a lot of people come in it and you end up going over it or shooting through it or you're mm -hmm. leaning too much into it and you're falling over i've done it but i was literally out there with Duthi like watching a video and it was funny because somebody came riding up and he's like are you watching a video on how to do that i was like yeah <laughs> this is long before I knew about you. This was many, 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 many years ago. Now you so. can just call me. There I can. Go. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, uh, you can't see this, but how do I ride this? <laughs> no, okay, I'll hold the phone up. <laughs> you still can't see it, but, but okay, well, it goes up about an angle. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> but it is actually a really, really good tactic. I have done the same thing sitting at, sitting at DC and pulling up videos yeah. and kind of watching um, the owner of my company, Simon Lott, and he's got a bunch of great videos, so I'll watch him, and then I'll take a video. I just put my phone on a log or something, have a friend hold my phone, and I do my own video review right cool. there at Duthie. Right there, you can see where my collarbone broke. Oh, I can see it. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's the limping afterwards that gives it away. No, no. Yeah. You should actually watch that video. You should watch that video because okay. I crash and then I'm so embarrassed and I sit up and I'm like, oh, that didn't feel good. <laughs> Something like, didn't feel like it I'm was born. where it was before when I started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Later in the video, I'm like, I didn't know it was broken. And Ooh. Well, I've, yeah, I was like, Oh, I think there might be something wrong with this one. <laughs> this one seems to be drooping a little bit. Um, yeah, exactly. And then That's later, a stroke, but yeah, good try. <laughs> I oh, I have those a lot then. We should talk. Um, sorry. <laughs> I have a little Bell's palsy, but, you know, got to stop putting antifreeze on my steaks. I learned that in the 18 movie. It's a good thing. <laughs> Wait, teach me this life lesson? Uh, no antifreeze <laughs> on your steak. Yeah. Makes you a little Bell's palsy if you're not careful. Well, what color was it? Was it like the blue gatorade kind well, you or like green. the You can always go the green. Okay. It tenderizes the meat. Everybody knows that. <laughs> it's time for you to grow up. But don't take <laughs> cooking lessons from Nick. This is not that show. Okay, I really, I hate that I live in this world. Do not put antifreeze on your steaks. Watch the 18 movie. You'll understand. <laughs> okay. Anyway. God. Okay. Why are you looking? <laughs> I wish I, I could have photographed. Like, I looked over there and she's like, what the? <laughs> she's like, did you learn this the hard way? No, I was actually just wondering if you had also overcooked your steak. But <laughs> Oh, no. Other thing, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Sous vide and sear. Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Duh. Proper, proper steak cooking just with the antifreeze. Absolutely. <laughs> so... Besides the local area, and let's let's exclude Baja for the sake of doing so. Where are your favorite places to ride outside of the state? Like, if you had a destination oh. ride, what would it be? Oh, I actually have a strong feeling on this one. Um, oh, good. Revelstoke, British Columbia. Love Revelstoke. It's the best riding yeah. I've ever done. They've it's got the best snowmobiling too. Yeah, they've got great snowmobiling, and they have they literally have everything up there. They've got pedal mountains. They've got the best shuttle mountains I've ever done. Mm -hmm. They have a heli drop, so you can go up Mount Cartier on a helicopter with your bike and climb up to this incredible peak, 360 panoramas, and then descend 7,000 feet on your bike and end up at the lake. They've got a new, um, like a gondola 
yeah. ride up there. So they've got. I think it said gondola. Just it's so it's a gondola, gondola for our <laughs> Canadian listeners. Um, hey. <laughs> what about it? Okay. Yeah. So they've got that. They literally have everything up there for mountain biking. Yeah. Canada is a outdoor, if you're into snowmobiling or mount, downhill mountain biking, actually off road as well, uh, Canada's amazing. I, I'm really mad right now because I, I once a year I typically go up to Lake Louise, Jasper, that area, and I love it, and I can't go right now. It's driving right. me insane. I'm just missing out. I've seen, like, the Fairmont Banff is sending photos of, or, of Lake Louise, sending photos of the lake. I'm like, yeah, thanks, jerks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny because a lot of people think about mountain biking and a lot of the sports, and they think of Whistler, and they think of the western strip of BC, but then that inland, you can do that tour, yeah. And you can hit Big White and Silver Star and Revelstoke, Panorama, Kicking Horse. Like, there's so many destinations up there. And there's great food up there, of all things. Revelstoke is like a destination. And it's a, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say if you're not into that stuff, it's that much of a destination. But if you're into snowmobiling or mountain biking, man, yeah, Revelstoke needs to be really high on your list. Every time I go through there, I stop. Because I can drive straight through to Lake Louise if I really want to. But the stop at Revelstoke is always worth it. It's so, so scenic, so beautiful. People are great. The food's amazing. Yeah, I love it there. But that being said, if you get a chance to go to Crankworks at Whistler, go. Oh, yeah. It's a show, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what makes it. Well, yeah, I, I know. That's, that's <laughs> my yeah. point. I, like, yeah. Crankworks is a, a week where you just don't know when you'll sleep. Yes. There's been so many times where I've been sitting in a bar and heard somebody go, like, several beers in. I could do that. No, you couldn't. Get me my bike. Like, no, don't. No, sit down. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. I could do that. No, you couldn't. <laughs> yeah. That's a pro, and, and Red Bull is filming him. Fuck off. You can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit of a nomad in, the, in like, 2007 to 2012, and I used to go up to Whistler when I, I lived up north, so going to Whistler was not really long of a drive, and I just kept meeting people up there, and so I got to know some of the staff that worked there, and I would just crash with them, so I didn't have to pay for the outrageous prices. And uh, there's a friend I had up there, just she worked at like three different bars up there and did some yoga class or something. And she, and I met her at Garibaldi Lift Co. Just a friend, nothing more. Don't read into this, listeners. And, but she would <laughs> introduce me to everybody around there. And so I basically went up there for a year, never paid for anything because she was like, oh, I know the guys at this hotel. They'll just give you a room that doesn't sell out. Just go there. So I was like, wow. oh, Debbie sent me over. Just They're like, oh, you're cool. Whatever, don't make a mess of the room. I'm like, okay. And I would just tour around Whistler and all over Whistler and did whatever they wanted me to do. It's like, I don't care what I'm just, this is just great. It's such a fantasy land up there. It is. It's amazing. I can't imagine how much I would have spent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you knew the right people. Yes. Yeah. yeah that was, uh, yeah, Friends in Low Places playing in the background constantly because it was just like, oh, I was like, yeah. I thought you were about to say you call these people Friends in Low Places. I was like, that's not nice, Dan. No, just like, you yeah, know people I, on I, the I low levels. Yeah, so it's I, like, you know, all the uh, Australians are awesome. The lower too. levels. Yes. Those people. I was that person oh i see it's like you bring a picture of beer to a a table of australians let me tell you they're your friends they're Mm -hmm. awesome up there you're like hey last two seconds at a table of australians oh you'd love them (laughs) those guys are awesome i said a picture of beer wouldn't last you gotta gotta show up to a table like three pictures of beer with australians i'm here for the weekend i don't know anybody you guys cool here's a picture of beer they're like yeah come hang out with us all weekend i'm like all right you're acting (laughs) that's not what they sound like that's not at all what they sound like (laughs) sure mate sit down down put another shrimp on the barbie really good. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Future guest Nick from Australia is going to be listening to this and he's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Most people know that already. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a great call out to Revelstoke. Yeah. yeah. Revelstoke is the spot because there are so many places within a couple hours from there. Always new adventure every time you go up there. And you're right. The snow sports and the summer sports yeah. are really good up there. 
So what would, advice would you give to somebody that, you know, maybe is starting to motor, m- mountain bike with their boyfriend or wants to get into mountain biking, female or male, doesn't matter. Like, where, where should, what should they do? Like, what, what steps should they take? Like, a simple step. Like, should they go to their local bi- bike store? Should they reach out to somebody like you? Yeah, I think, I mean, first thing is get your hands on a bike that fits well. Get the That's right tough gear. It is, yeah. it is tough, especially right now. But getting the right gear, getting the bike that, that fits right. Because if your bike is too tall for you and it's a stressful experience every time you have to get off of it, or if you're on maybe something a little bit off camber and you have to get off on the downhill side and every time that happens you fall or every time you fall it hurts more than it needs to, it's just not going to be a sustainable experience. You're going through all these things in your head or if this happens or if this happens. (laughs) So just like, you know, gloves and knee pads and a helmet that fits well. Um, a bike that fits well, those are all really good starting points because you are going to fall and you need to make sure that that's not a really negative experience. And, and it, it is tough. Do your research. With the internet, it's easier with, uh, with a bike. It's it's not the old days where you could get a Swin, a Cannondale, or a Trek, and those are your things. There are so many independent companies out there that are making really, really quality, quality bikes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and getting and the, and fitment, I, that, that was kind of where I was going with that fitment side of it because you can get into a bike. You can go into any place and they will sell you a bike. Anybody will sell you a bike, but you need to make sure that the bike fits you. So do your research, make sure that it fits you. Mm-hmm. You know. I also think maybe some of your listeners don't know about these, but the dropper post is a huge, huge, huge thing because basically it's a, there's a lever on your bar and when you push it, the seat goes up and down. It's like a hydraulic post or it could be a cable post. So what that does is that the seat is up when you're pedaling so you can have a comfortable, more... I, I guess, healthy pedal because you can extend your knee properly. But then when you're descending, the seat is not in your way. And if the seat's in your way and you can't move properly on the bike, you're much more likely to crash and it's not going to be a pleasant experience. If you don't know what a dropper post is, don't be sitting anywhere near the seat when you push the button. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It could, it could be a different button too. Some You know, there's usually three levers on your bar maybe I, I four, felt like so. the seat was going to go through me the first time i hit that button oh so set up. it up properly well, it was set up <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like i'm all so of, glad you were come today <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. of these things matter like if yeah. you don't if you've got too much air in your fork and your shock and you're getting bounced around if your bike isn't balanced properly if uh, if it's too soft and it's diving in all the corners you, you don't have it doesn't have to be perfect and you don't have to go into the shop every week to get your bike tuned up but have a good starting point so that your bike isn't making your life more difficult. It isn't making your ride dangerous. Which is not fun. And you, you yeah. can learn to work on your bike. That's a lot of fun. I, in fact, I enjoyed it. Like, I was giving him crap about how clean his bike is, but mine was always the same. I'd, go out, I'd take out and ride it, and I'd clean it top to bottom. Wow. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of time. So I don't clean my bike, actually. Well, yeah, well, you air every three months. We heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I don't I don't really clean my bike, but it, it works great, and I don't have any problems. I've never had a flat tire on a mountain bike. Wow, really? Never. Are you, are you running tubeless? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. You fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so fancy. No, that's pretty standard now. Her wheel's yeah. glued. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, to answer your question, you know, get the right setup. And start in environments where you're comfortable. Yeah. So start, you know, err on the side of easier, more cautious, because a huge part of mountain biking is confidence on the bike. And so you want to work your way up in a nice, easy fashion uh, to 
depending on the person. Do maybe. not get click in pedals if you're a new rider. <laughs> yeah, you flats. will fall over at the stop sign. <laughs> <laughs> flats are great. Yeah. But, but learning in the ride environment, like learning with people that help build your confidence that um, are often, you know, if they're on the same level as you um, and you learn together, that can be a great feeling. So finding the right group and getting started with the right gear goes a really long way. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels here for just learning a new motorsport or a new sport like bicycling or anything like that. A lot of parallels. So yeah, but you can speed that parallel. You can speed that up a lot by getting proper instruction and learning the right way from the first time. Because like yeah. anything, there's some bad habits that can be created pretty early on if you don't know what you're doing. So yeah, and it can be a. And I'm I'm saying this with my own uh, personal <laughs> mistakes <laughs> because I didn't take a lot of instruction. I only had a few classes when I started riding, and then I got into this in the last year and I realized, uh, how much, I guess how much I'd missed out on by not taking advantage of coaching and having not only to, to now learn it, but having to undo all those bad habits. And it's the same in every sport, but I think in a lot of organized sports we do, it's normal to have coaches and have lessons, especially when you're growing up in uh, sport, organized sports and school sports, you all, you know, you have a coach and that's normal and you work on technique, but a lot of people just go out there and ride and they don't, put in the technique work and they just you can learn a lot but it is good to have technique and there are a lot of places you can reach out to places like you there there are riding groups through rei through your local bike shops and things like that yeah and definitely reach out to it because there are other people out there that are trying to learn too and they they they, you know they need that most people just want to get the hell out of their house right now yeah exactly (laughs) and you can social distance on a mountain bike in fact you should that's very easy to do actually much much longer than six feet because that way if a person crashes in front of you you can avoid them (laughs) just bunny hop over them yep (laughs) <laughs> just keep rallying. That was the one skill I was never, ever good at. <laughs> ever. Well. Well, I had click in. I had clip in, so I could always, I could do it. But like when I would get on like a, a flat pedal, I was just, I was, I never mastered that spot. Yeah. There was one video I was watching. There's a, a sharp downhill, sharp. It's a left-hand turn with one of those bank turns with the wood, you know, that they built up really nice. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but everybody misses it. <laughs> you see like <laughs> these people just, just falling on top of each other constantly. Oh my God. <laughs> if you want to watch something funny, Go down and, and, and if you have to find it yourself, but there is a, a urban mountain bike park in Seattle. Go watch oh, things yeah. there. Yeah. That's have you been live. there? Oh, yes. To Colonnade? Oh, yes. It is live entertainment. You actually will learn a lot, but mm-hmm. like it's, and it's well-maintained, but you talk about all the boards and things like that. It's, it's a lot of fun to ride, but it's, it, there's a lot of places. You can sit there and you can learn a lot by watching somebody else do everything wrong. So, yeah. I always wanted to live stream some of the more technical features at Doothy. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it could just... That'd be great, actually. Could be a learning experience. Yeah. No, it really could. I mean, I mean it, it, one of the best things I think you could do is, is those... They, they still have those drop-off posts, right? Like, mm-hmm. people, like, that would be great because it's interesting to watch people do that and then nosedive off it. <laughs> I mean, it's not, and, and I'm not talking about watching people, like, get hurt, but it's, it's interesting to watch somebody try to come up at the end and just yank up on the bars at the last second, thinking that the front end's going to stay up long enough for their rear end to come down. But Yep. And when I say that, I mean, I've done that. And, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so. Watch, watching yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> people slash put my name in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that would be cool to go up there and live stream and, and kind of show people. Because there's a lot of really great trails up in there. Yeah. Oh, people yeah. don't even know about. Yeah. All right. So if people want to f- uh, find you, how do, they f- how do they find you? Yeah. So you can, um, you can find my company. It's fluidride.com. Okay. Uh, you can find me. It's Linnea Rook on Instagram, Facebook. Uh I don't. I don't know the rest of the socials. I'll, I'll do. I'll do the linking for you. But I'll, I'll link your Instagram, your Facebook, and of course, Fluid Ride. Yeah. Thank so, you. Yeah. 
Thank appreciate you, you coming in. Um, do we, we don't have any Avant stuff? No Avants. They, 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 they have the tentatively plans off-road stuff, but obviously that's not, it's being canceled as, as needed based mm-hmm. on just hoping that we get some COVID restrictions lifted. But uh, if that's <laughs> not the appropriate thing to do, then we won't. But um, if you go to Avants.com or actually the Facebook page, it is extremely busy. There's people There's doing stuff. On the talk, yeah. People doing drives, especially off-road right now because of the season and all the fresh snow. Yeah. But they're still doing street drives even. It's a great way to social distance. You can still do car stuff. Um, the, the Facebook pages, are busier than I've ever seen. And there's a great conversation every day, real conversation, good questions, good learning, great people. So go to avance.com, check them out. And of course, if there's anything that pops up with new events, we'll let you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we really do appreciate you coming in and taking all of this grief, which you didn't need to do. You're too <laughs> nice of a woman to be doing that. Uh, so, uh, and, and it gave us something, you know, as, with RCS, we're trying to kind of get out there and, and talk to a lot of people that, of the hobbies that people do when we're not in our cars. So, yeah, awesome. we appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to be here and listen to listen to me talk about bikes. <laughs> oh, that's we like it. We yeah, we love it. it. So. Yeah. yeah. A special shout out and thanks to David, the owner of the Mountside Tavern, who's letting us record here and the bar is closed. Uh, listeners, thank you for liking the page and check them out because it is a motorsports destination, not just the most awesome bar on the on I-90. But, Agreed. Uh, yes, but uh, check them out. Cool. Well, for this episode of RCS, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.